In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Once upon a time, my wife Kirby was at a bridal shower. The bride-to-be opened a big box full of fluffy new yellow towels. And she said, this is great. I absolutely hate the brown towels I've been using. For years and years, that's all I've had. It's all I've still got. I am so tired of brown towels. And then, of course, the very next box she opened was full of brown towels. That's what happens to John the Baptizer in the Gospel for today. John's life starts as one big party. John is a miracle baby. He is Jesus' older cousin. He is the new Elijah. He is the very last prophet of the Old Testament and the very first prophet of the New Testament. God has given him a divine word calling Israel to repentance. And God has given him a baptism that forgives sins. Jesus himself said that John the baptizer was the greatest man ever born. And John the baptizer returned the favor. When he sees Jesus, he points to him and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He must increase and I must decrease. He is the Messiah, and he has come to cut away the evil and to burn away the chaff. He is the Messiah, and he is here to change the world. You should think big, fluffy yellow towels. But then, while he was still young and potent and midstream, John the baptizer is tossed into prison. From the inside, from behind bars, it sounds to John the baptizer as if the world is backsliding. Jesus keeps going, but the Romans still run the nation, and the Pharisees still run the city, and the Sadducees still run the temple. And it sounds now to John as if Jesus has gone soft. And that hurts John. It seems as if his work has been wasted. It seems as if his life has been undone. It smells like the status quo. It feels like old brown towels. So, now what? What saves John the baptizer from anger and cynicism and fear, and despair? What saves John the Baptism from losing faith? What saves John the Baptizer from all the things that happen to all of us when our plans don't work out? This morning, John the Baptizer is saved by a question mark. Are you the one who is to come or should we wait for someone else? Question mark. Frankly, there is disappointment in John's voice this morning. He is sitting in prison precisely because he has been obedient to his call. John is behind bars because he did what he was told. 
At first he was good with that because he thought Jesus would bring a little more fire and a little more brimstone to the task. But now he's found that when you turn the other cheek, folks indeed tend to strike that one too. Already he likely has the sense that Herod is going to chop off his head. But despite his disappointment and maybe even his fear, John does not scream and shout. John does not curse and complain. John does not turn his back on God. John does not give himself over to anger and fear and despair and cynicism. John does not try to take back his life. Instead, John sends his disciples to Jesus with a question mark. Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for someone else? That question mark is faith. It is one of the saddest things of our age, especially in America. Almost nobody asks a question anymore. Proving that out is as easy as watching the evening news. In those interviews, every guy is the smartest guy in the room. Everybody asserts the truth. Everybody's got bare knuckles. And nobody's got a question. Questions are for weaklings. The trouble with that is this. If you have already got all the answers, then there is no room for anybody to help you. And the penalty is to stay the way you are. No change, no compromise. But if you have a question mark, then there is still hope for you. If you have a question mark, there is still a chance for change. Or in churchly language, if you have a question mark, there is still the opportunity for repentance, still the opportunity for faith, still the opportunity to be turned around, to change course, still the opportunity to repent, to be restored, to be resurrected, to live in salvation, to be forgiven, to come to joy. If you have a question mark, then your hands are still open and they are still waiting for God to fill them. It's the reason we pray at the altar like this. And so this Advent, this is your question too. Are you the one who is to come or should we wait for someone else? With your question mark, you admit, I don't know everything. With your question mark, you beg, I want to get better. The question mark volunteers, I will try it another way. It doesn't just have to be my way. The question mark offers, I will follow. The question mark pleads, help me please. And Jesus does, but in his own way and in his own time, and some days, in a way that is quite unlike John the Baptizer.
And so Jesus comes today on this third Sunday of Advent. He comes in kindness. He comes in mercy. He comes in peace. Gently he comes in joy. Go and tell John the baptizer and everybody else here at St. John what you see. The lame walk, the blind see, the lepers have smooth skin again. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and even the poor have a share in the good news that I bring. And blessed are you if you agree. Blessed are you if you play along. Blessed are you if you are not offended. Blessed are you if you do not despair. When God himself turns your life around, when he does things differently than you would do them, when it feels like your life is being undone, blessed are you if you can embrace this gift. This Christmas, I'm guessing that you are going to get a gift or two that you actually don't like. While you might be smiling on the outside, on the inside you will be asking, why in the world did she give me this? So what's the Christian thing to do with a gift you don't like? Frankly, it depends if your gift is from the baby Jesus or from your Aunt Nadine. If it is brown towels from your Aunt Nadine, feel free to return them. If she really knew you, she would have known better. But Jesus is a whole other story. This Christmas, any gift that comes from Jesus, grip it. Hold it, love it, adore it, revere it, use it. Let it have its way with you. Let it turn you around. Let it bring you to repentance. Let it give you joy, even if you don't understand it, even if it prompts all sorts of question marks about yourself and your life, because Jesus knows you better than you know yourself. The gifts that Jesus gives, he gives so that you will become fully you, fully human, fully satisfied. Jesus knows exactly what to give you so he can get the very best use of you. In just a moment he will start here at the Eucharist where he will give you himself, his body, blood, soul, and divinity for the forgiveness of your sins and for everything else. He loves you that much. It doesn't mean that it's easy, especially when he gives things that upsets our plans or undoes our work, or spins us around in repentance to go another direction. But it is divine. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.